This episode of JJ Meets World is brought to you by Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty. Listen, folks, Natalie's got a great track record when it comes to selling homes. On average, she's moving homes for $4,000 or more above the list price, plus she's selling homes in less than the market average. What does that mean for you? It means you don't have to keep your house clean all the time if you're selling it. If you're a buyer, no one wants to wait around for a year, two years to find the perfect home. Natalie is going to work her tail off to make sure that she finds you the right home at the right price, and she's going to represent you through the entire buying process. So it's kind of like holding a hand to get across the street. Natalie is going to be that Girl Scout who grabs your hand, pushes the walk button, gets you across the street and then points you down the street to where you need to go. If you're selling a home, Natalie is an amazing person to represent you. She's going to keep you top of mind on all these search engines, all the stuff that you have to worry about. Don't worry. Natalie's going to take on that headache. You don't have to deal with it. So get a hold of Natalie today because on average, she sells a home every 3.74 days. That's two homes a week. Sometimes uh, Natalie's selling enough property to make you think that she's an entire team herself. But no, she is the Wonder Woman of local real estate agents. Natalie Deutsch, 701-388-9338. You can also get a hold of her via email, Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, at hatchrealityfm.com. Or you can go to the Hatch Realty website, livefargomorehead.com. That is livefargomorehead.com. And hey, start packing. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to episode 99 of JJ Meets World. That's right, one shy of a hundo. In this episode, we interview Adam Weedman, who designed our JJ Meets World logo. He's a previous guest, and we get to delve into some pretty deep stuff. Uh, we talk some politics. We talk some Josh DeHommel. We talk some font. There's so many things going on in this episode, plus we get some people who are actually live in the studio. And Tucker and I uh, make a deal with you as the listener to please give to our Patreon in which we're going to give you something that should never, ever see the light of day. So all of this and more on today's episode of JJ Meets World, patreon.com slash JJ Meets World. We actually have that exclusive content we've been begging to put up for years. One, two, three, four. J.J. Gordon, sort of like that Indiana Jones in that he's always snipping out his next adventure. Yes, he is! He's always interviewing guests so he can have them on his show and they can talk about pop culture, arts, and leisure. J.J. has his flag unfurled and he likes his french fries curled and he's fun and then he twirls as he goes to meet the world. He will march into the rain even if his ankle sprain. Take a peek inside his brain. This podcast is called J.J. Meets When I was younger, I was introduced to an anime called Vampire Hunter D. Watched about 15 minutes of it. And I was like, this isn't for me. I don't care for it so much. And I have never been the person who really got into the anime side of things. Uh, I can appreciate them. I have, that's your, If that's what floats your boat, great. That's fantastic. But Our generation just, definitely went through an anime craze. Oh, without a doubt, for sure. I had friends who religiously watched Gundam Wing mm-hmm. and never and never even saw translated episodes. They just figured it out what it was through the visual aspects right. of the storytelling. Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, Pokemon, mm-hmm. all these other uh, big properties from Japan. So, to me, when someone gets on my case for something that I don't like, I always think, well, 
I don't like anime and I don't get on those people's case. Right. Um, I don't get on the case of the people who only play online based games. So listen, I don't care if you don't think I should be wearing socks with open toed sandals. I am. Yeah. Just live your life. Yeah. Live your life. This beach might have a crab on it and I want one more layer of protection between my toe and the crab's claw. There are things that are out of movies that I would always like to see happen in real life. For example, a crab who fights back and pinches somebody on the nose, and mm. then they run around with this crab on their nose going, ah, probably a French chef of some kind. Mm. <laughs> and you want the crab to fight back? Yeah. Like run like around. Not to be cooked. Run around the room. It and- could be also be a lobster. And then you want that chef to sort of appear from behind a bunch of stuff with a bunch of teeth knocked out, and one part of his mustache has been singed a little bit, right? and he has to extinguish it quick. I would like somebody to take a bite of something that's very hot, spicy-wise, and see steam come out of their ears. I got to tell you, though, when I watched The Little Mermaid and watched Sebastian in that scene, um, that scene actually makes me hungry. When he's oh, stuffing Sebastian, it looks with stuff. so good. It looks really tasty. Yeah, like when he's cooking, like the fish and. Why the, does food oh. look so good in cartoons? Oh, probably because it's perfect. Yeah, you I mean, like like you. Because, for example, in in cartoons, when you see someone eat fish, they put the whole fish in their mouth and then they pull out the bones, yep. perfectly sucked. That's not the way it goes. I've tried it; it does not work like that. Right, or a uh, a chicken wing. You know, usually in there, it's just one solid bone with nothing but a solid sphere of white meat on top of it, and it you just take big bites into it. And you're getting nothing but meat, it, but that's not what those things look mm-hmm. like. That's not what drumsticks look Sometimes like. Sometimes you get the cartilage that explodes inside the drumstick, and then that just sets you off from eating drummies for a while. Dagwood sandwiches, Dagwood style sandwiches, oh. where it's tall and it's got everything on it, and then someone eats it in one bite on their mm-hmm. tongue that looks fantastic. And there's always uh, an olive on the top, in a toothpick. Even the weird pizzas that the Ninja Turtles ate in the cartoon, even yeah. though those are toppings I would never get, gumballs and and syrup and anchovies, but when they're getting them and eating them. Because uh, on the turtles especially knew that the real sell is when you take a piece, the cheese, the cheese stretch has to melt. really long. It's got to stretch. It should be really stretchy. When I have a pepperoni pizza, I like when they use the little tiny pepperonis that curl up yep, and make old a style. Bowl. They make a bowl of grease, <laughs> and sometimes I'll pick that off, and I'm like, mm, this grease is good. Yep. So what I'm getting at here, people, is if you're eating a bowl of grease and watching anime, just remember, there's somebody out there who goes, anime is gross. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what all I'm saying here. I guess. Oh, today, what are you doing today? Jeff, well, today I'm going to put on some Dragon Ball Z and I'm going to eat some grease. Okay. Uh, He died doing what he loved. (laughs) Sounds like you're judging Jeff right now. I'm not. I'm just saying remember. Let Jeff live his life, I'm just saying remember, like, when you're out there, there's somebody who's going to be talking smack about you, but you just do you. I'm really looking forward to seeing how you're going to segue into today's guest with this. Well, Adam Weedman wears clothes that he chooses himself. (laughs) Every (laughs) day. Every day, and he he's his own man, and he says to myself, God damn it, I'm going to wear a shirt today, because I want to wear a shirt. 
Uh, and it might have a design on it. It might be whatever he wants to have. Uh, Adam Weedman, who's previously been on this podcast, designed our logo. Designed our logo. He's got a big announcement, uh, something that is directly tied to Tucker and, and your history as both friends and colleagues together. It's very exciting. I'm very pumped for people to hear this episode because we solve a lot of the world's problems, or at least the world in our neck of the woods here. We usually do. So I want people to sit back and listen to this episode and take some notes because literally during this episode, we had two people who wanted to get into the world of podcasting, watching, taking notes during the episode. So if you hear laughter or commenting in the background, it's from our live audience yeah, and that we, we tested this and, out in front and, of. And welcome, because we know that this is episode 99. It is. Welcome to the uh, episode before our 100th. 100th, JJ. By the way, a lot of people like to read the title of the episode and then... They like to figure out what part of the episode it comes from. You literally have to wait until the last like two lines of dialogue from this episode to understand why this episode is titled what it is titled. And if you haven't seen what it's titled, look at your phone or your your broadcast the device J- and look at it. Here's how JJ and I divide the labor on JJ Meets World. Mm-hmm. We all have our own like zones, and we don't really tell the other how to do it. For right. the most part. I mean, nope. every once in a while, one of us will go, hey, man, I think it's a bad idea. And we'll go, oh, okay, and we'll course correct. But for the most part, I mean, there's really little that either of us have to do with what the other one does. I don't really tell you what to say Mm-mm. at all, ever, how to kick things off or what You don't you. even tell me what questions to ask people. N- nope, nope, straight up. I want the JJ-ness to come, and, and I'm not going to get in the way of that. And JJ doesn't tell me what to title episodes, um, doesn't tell me what the thumbnail art should be, and what should stay or go for the most part. And we kind of stay in our lanes. Mm-hmm. And I really like the fact that I just get to pick a title. But so, but usually we look for the title in the episode. And yep. usually when we hear it, we know it at, at that moment that that's going to be the title. I also want to throw this little tease out there before we get into Adam's episode that we have um, we have an, an unaired full episode of this show <laughs> that Tucker takes in a very odd direction. <laughs> And if you are a Patreon subscriber, we will send you the oh. full X-rated. You're committing really to this comes. right now. I'm committing to it. So this is if, the closest thing to live that, that right. So if you, I, I didn't even tell Tucker I was thinking about no. this. We're gonna put an edited version of this episode out. Maybe if Tucker can clean it up, or it may never see the light of day <laughs> unless you are a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash JJ Meets World. So if you want to hear how. Such an episode I was so excited for, and I put more time and effort into this episode than any other episode I'd ever worked with, and Tucker takes this thing off the rails so fast, you'll get an exclusive listen to this episode. One of my many faults is that I love to watch people squirm, and I don't know why. I don't know why. It, I, it shouldn't be a real thing. I am a leech. That rather than plucking off and putting back into the water, Tucker decided to put some table salt <laughs> on during this episode. Because also I know that there are no consequences. Yep, <laughs> because none anything, whatsoever. Anything that I say or do, I just cut out if I don't want it to make the final piece, and, and as do you. I mean, I hope that you questioned for a little bit, like, I wonder if JJ's going to show up to that next recording. <laughs> I wonder if there's a moment where you at least thought that. 
if we have wet your appetite for what this episode is going to be, patreon.com, you can give us $1 a month, you can give us $100 a month, it doesn't matter what it is, but any Patreon subscriber that we have had up through uh, June of 2019 okay. will get this. Excellent. So, don't worry if you haven't previously given to us. We're gonna make it happen, and uh, you can listen to you can listen to the full, the complete, okay, the the deeply saucy episode of JJ Meets World <laughs> that nobody else. We're has really had a building to hear. this up, and people are gonna listen to it and go, "Oh, that's just immature." <laughs> that's all it is. It's just immature. Oh, okay. Let's get this podcast going. JJ Meets World. Welcome back to the podcast, Adam Weedman, Thank who you is the first back. person to sponsor us. True. Yep. True. Just had to make a logo. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> for you. <laughs> so, That's yeah. it. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, no uh, big I just, deal. you know, I got that together. I was making a logo for another person and just put your chubby face on there instead. Yeah, but it was what? actually a failed one. It was a, a failed logo? No, no, no. I do have a shit ton of those, though. Like I was really you know, hoping that you were putting logo, JJ on old logos. It's like you're usually doing two at a time. And then, I mean, they're obviously not buying both of them. So I've just got, for as many ones that have went through, I've got an equal amount of rejects just so in do a you ever pile. Do you ever go back to those and say, like, gosh, you know, this this other thing I created that was the reject is really what this company's asking for? There's been a few instances where, like, I'll go back and reference it or, like, pull an element off of something. But I don't know if there's ever been an, an actual instance where I've taken that actual rejected one and given it to someone else. So you've been on the podcast before. You're making a re return appearance because a uh, pretty cool thing has just happened to you. Speaking of logos, why don't you talk about it? Yeah. So um, there's a book called Logo Lounge, and they're on their 11th edition. And it's a book that I've been following and buying for, well, 10 years now. And um, I was chosen to be included in it this year with uh, three of the logos that I've designed. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah. So it's just a book full of logos? Pretty much. Logos, logos designers from across the world. <clears throat> um, you basically just submit ones that you feel are strong. And then from that, they compile the book. I think this year they said they had to sort through like 45,000. <laughs> yeah. Damn, so. dude. You know how many like ultimately even make it in? And when you say 45,000, is that separate logos or designers? Um, separate logos. Okay. So, um, but at the same time, there's probably, you know, 20,000 people that, that entered logos into this to try and make the cut. So what were the logos you submitted? Um, actually the three that made it. So I batting a, batting a thousand on it. Um, they're a uh, tech tailgate, local organization here in town. Um, um, what was the other one? It was, oh, Sterling Grace properties and then, uh, brought Stan Barron's. Hey, yeah. So a couple of years ago, um, so I'm I, locally when I use Facebook, I'm typically about food. I'm usually writing about foods that I eat, but cheesesteaks, and it's typically cheesesteaks and brats. Or we the two haven't things. heard from you in the cheesesteak front in a long time, I've, and I've got a lot to talk about that. Okay. Actually, we'll, 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 okay. we'll, we'll bring it up. I look forward to them. I think every time I'm like, God, I love you're these. the you're the sole person who's like, please make more of these. I need the information on cheesesteaks. But actually, before I even got into cheesesteaks, I was into brat stands specifically because that meant it was summertime here in Fargo. And as a kid, loved going to the Hornbacher's brat stands. And then Carrie Snyder reached out to me and said, you should just make a Facebook page about how much you love brat stands. And I said, sounds good. So I started a page, Brat Stand Barons of Fargo. 
And it's just where people can just talk about how much they love the brat stands in town. And put alerts up. And put alerts up like, oh, this one just opened up a cash wise. Hey, these guys have dill pickle chips that are half off or with it as part of the deal. The day I created the page, Adam, who I had already previously known from working with him at Sundog, contacts me and goes, you need a logo for that page. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. And when a world-class logo designer tells you, you need a logo for that page, and I'm going to give you one for free, you say, okay, Done. sounds good. Done. And the next day in my inbox, there was this gorgeous logo for Bratstan Barron's local 701. <laughs> it's <laughs> that, like a union, yeah. 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 And it's been the, on the page ever since. And now I am tickled to death that that is going to get published yeah. in in this book. I know. that It made me laugh, honestly, because that of all the logos that are in the book, that's got to be probably one of the most ridiculous ones out of the whole thing. <laughs> and it's know? for a Facebook page. Right, exactly. <laughs> People talking about, I, I'm glad they never like actually asked me, like, so what is this? And like, well... <laughs> it's much cooler than it seems. Did you, did you have to get permission from those businesses... That uh, <clears throat> that you design the logos for to no, submit them? No, not so really. So Sterling Grace Properties will be like, whoa, look, whoa, look, look at that. Yeah, no, that's one of the things with graphic design too, especially when you make um, brands and identities. Um, it's in my contract basically that I can use it for self-promotion. Um, and they more or less just have to be okay with that. Sweet. Which, I mean, it's 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 smart on their part anyways, too, because if something like this happens now, you know, their, their brand and identity is getting seen across the world and... A book, so. So, you've been following this book for a long time. Yeah. How long? Ten years. Whoa. Probably. Uh, and do they do one every single year, or yep. is it every couple of years? Every year, they put on a new edition, and this is the 11th that's coming out. Wow. What kind of stature does this book have in the graphic design community? Like, is this something everyone reads, or? um, It's highly regarded as a, as a pretty awesome source of inspiration, if anything. But I mean, it's not like the Bible of graphic design by any means. It's more or less just like an international showcase. And if I remember correctly, I mean, you getting into graphic design in the first place really was around you admiring older labels and logos uh -huh. when you were a kid. Yeah, it was totally a necessity, too. I actually, um, I studied uh, mass communications and public relations um, at MSUM and got into graphic design on the side just because there was kind of this, this need within our program that there really wasn't a graphic designer in our class. So I'm like, well, I'll pick it up. I've always kind of liked it. And then just kind of found my influences and, and ran with it. So and here we are. A big congratulations. The being Thank in this you. book is huge. Where do you go from here now? Right. Sky's the limit. I mean, I mean, do you submit for the 12th or do you say like, I'm going to retire on top? <laughs> I think it's just focused on Browers from here on out. Actually. Good, good yeah. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. All the way down from here. Yep. That's it. So let's, turn this into food-based cho choices that we all make. Uh, so did you want to design a logo for Brat Stan Barons of Fargo because you love brats or because you instantly saw something in your mind that was like old-timey, like German-style fork and the the sausage with the little nubby ends? Both, actually. Um, anytime I get the opportunity to do something cool and like I see something in my head and I can just run with it and like you guys let me do that, I mean... I'll jump on that 100% of the time. That's um, the creative person that I like. Yeah. Good for you. It's like, yeah. I mean, why not? It's there. I've got the tools at my disposal. I mean, it took me half an hour, you know, right. put it together. Right. And then, but I, why not? It's don't tell me. the people who made the book. Be like, <laughs> I, yeah. I poured over this thing for yeah. a long time, yeah, guys. Processes involved and questionnaires. and. Well, I'm, I'm a massive 
graphic designer fanboy. Yeah. Like when I see good graphic design, like I become a fan of that designer real quick. And when I worked at Sundog, I mean, the, 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 some of the heaviest hitters in our town were working there as far as graphic designers. Mm-hmm. So Adam, his wife, Shannon, Jeff Knight was working there. Fish, Eric Ista was working there. I mean, there was, and some other ones ha- are still there and they, they come and go. And getting the chance to work with these four amazing graphic designers every day was just so cool. And at one point, so I, at that point, I was still in charge of all of the graphic design for Theater B show posters. And, you know, I liked it enough, but I knew I wasn't passionate about doing it myself. And I wasn't of the level of someone who really focuses on it as part of their study. And so that season, I asked Adam, all four of them to each take one fo- one of the four shows that season and do a poster design for it. And we came up with absolutely fantastic stuff. Which show did you do? Oh, I don't even remember, to be honest with you. I remember the poster was red. That's about yeah. as far as it goes. Mm, I think you were the very first poster that year. I'll have to go back what and double check. What Oh. So you get all these different people in, and you get all the different creative juices flowing. What uh, What's the thing? You know, we talked a lot about creativity the last time you were on, too, and sort mm-hmm. of like how to get past some of those hurdles. But now that you continue to further yourself with this, what... At what point do you say like okay, I, it's time for me to get to get bigger, right? Um, actually, I've been going through that a lot in like the last year. So I'm I'm approaching my third year as my own as my own business. Um, and one thing that I've always really wanted to get into was like fonts and typefaces. Yeah, I see. Right. There's um, it's one of those things too. Like it 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 gives other designers an outlet when you design an awesome typeface and you can put that out there. Sure. On the side, you might make a couple bucks on it too. A little bit of passive income, but <clears throat> that's really something I want to start exploring moving forward. I've got one that I just launched actually that's out there and it's been fairly well received. Um, but I've got about three or four more fonts in the hopper that I'd like to get out this year too. What, what goes into making a font? Because we all use them because right. we all use computers, but we just sort of, except the fact that they're there, right? That they show up and, and we, we type in keys and then there are graphics that correspond right. with each of those keystrokes. Right. So what do you actually have to do to build a font that a computer can use? Um, it's a lot of tinkering more than anything. So the way my process works, there's one in particular that I launched, it's called, um, it's called Nefla. And it's based off of, I went and got a bunch of old photos from diners from the Midwest and kind of found like these common, common, um, like glyphs and characters that were in there and developed alphabet off of that. And then you illustrate them. My process is I go through uh, Adobe Illustrator, vectorize everything, and then bring it into a font making software where you can actually start to program it and make sure everything looks good together. Like what what does it look like when an L is next to a T, you know, Mm -hmm. it's got to be spaced different than if two H's were next to each other. So it's mostly tinkering, to be honest. The tinkering part, I think, was about a month to get it fine-tuned where I wanted it. Designing, a week. Well, in fonts, I mean, they're so ubiquitous, and there's so many of them. Right. And, and it's a it's a sans-serif font, right? Mm-hmm. It's so, yep. so what about making sure that this sans-serif font that you've just developed actually stands apart from the millions of other sans-serif fonts that are out there? I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of fonts that are different, but you could put them next to each other and they seem similar or they very look similar. very similar. W- was that part of your process too? Yep. Yep. I was making sure I wasn't directly copying someone was a big one too. Um, but that's gotta be tough. That's like, like you said, I mean, there's so many fonts out there. I mean, there's going to be some similarities in it, but 
there was a couple things like a couple of characters that I designed that I really really liked that stand out from other alphabets that might look similar, like a K or a Y or something like that. Was it um, tough to make it like your capitalized stuff too? Because I only did actually all caps for this one. I went super easy, Whoa. just all caps. I said I like, screw I like, it with the lowercase. I like all cap fonts. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Where, where the lowercase is just sort of like a slightly, you know, yeah, squished inversion of yeah of the capitalized font. Yep. So speaking of fonts, so one thing that I kind of ran into when I was doing posters for Theater B was, you know, I'd been getting all artsy with it and I would pick fonts that I think looked cool mm -hmm. and that I thought were readable, um, but uh, ran into disagreements with uh, different people about that. Mm -hmm. uh, ended up correctly losing because I was wrong. Like they were not readable fonts. But what I was looking at was I was looking at uh, gigposters.com sure. and I was seeing awesome all these resource. Ama amazing resources, yeah. but all of these posters for like uh, local rock shows, um, you know, if, if, if I were to compare and contrast your style with someone like Punch Gut, mm -hmm. right, who is this very illustrative focus mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like busy lines and really vibrant colors and he's got this really great chaotic style. It's awesome. And oftentimes when he'll make a poster, he'll really go nuts on like the the way the words look mm -hmm. because the words in that context are less about being readable and mm -hmm. more about being a part of the art. Being so, part of the piece, absolutely. So so how yeah. do you approach that? Like, I mean, you work in a very clean style. You've got a very classic look to it. It looks like a like you're definitely inspired by those old beer labels mm -hmm. and cans and master box cigar cases yep. and all that stuff. That's exactly it. So uh, how do you approach readability and what do you think is acceptable for the readability of a font? So especially with this new one that I put out, it's, it's, it's classified as a display typeface. So you're basically going to use it only in highly readable situations like headlines billboard stuff like that like minimal words you're not going to type out paragraphs with this one you're just going to use it when you need a big punch of readability so for that i mean i don't know if i took the easy way out by any means but it's definitely um a lazier version of a proper font i guess you could say okay yeah you know because i mean i'm not doing the lowers i'm not doing any of that i'm not doing like Old, uh, old style numbers where you've got a bunch of different things going on. I mean, it's just meat and potatoes. Simple, easy to read. What emotions do you feel when you see Papyrus font? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> and comic sans. Just, just anger. Not so much Comic Sans. I don't know. Comic Sans doesn't bother me. I don't like it. It has like its time it. and place. If you're at like a public school library, right. Comic Sans is, is right. great. Uh, but Papyrus font, my mom uses oh. it, and I it causes problems for us. because It I'm, just makes me angry. Mm -hmm. And I just don't get why it it's so highly regarded as as an awesome typeface. Yeah, why are you just, trying to sell some tea? Oh, yeah, who, blows who, my who, mind. who who said this? Look, Look at it, it's everywhere, so right? It's but everywhere. I I feel like that's just because people saw it, someone else doing it, right? It's a it's a very emperor's new clothes. I don't think anyone out there actually likes papyrus font. Uh, my I mother. Think, I think there's no, but I think your mom is like, listen, West Acres Cinema used it, <laughs> so if it's good enough for West Acres Cinema, it's going to be good enough. For the McDonald Dance no, Society no. What, newsletter. What my mom is thinking is the McDonald Society, which I love calling it that. We'll just call it that. <laughs> um, even though it's like the McDonald School of Irish and International Dance. <laughs> but the McDonald <laughs> Society is way better. Um, no, for her, it's, oh, <clears throat> that is a gorgeous font. It looks like ancient Celtic to me. Yeah. Even though it's based off of, like, suppose, like papyrus is like Egyptian scrolls or right. something. Stupid, and she's probably like, "Oh, the tea that I drink uses it, you know." And I really like the look of that. Mm. So she has, she's making an aesthetic choice, 
And she's asked me to design stuff for her in the past. And the sticking point is, I'll do that for you. I'm not using papyrus font. I don't care that you want that. I'm not giving that to you. It's so if just, you want to do it yourself. The highest grossing film, Avatar, uses it in their logo. So it should be good enough for me. So that's, well, speaking of readability, though, we go back to that. I mean, they used that. They used it in, there their, you go. in, in everything in that movie. And like the subtitles yeah. were all in papyrus. Bull. And it's just like, Bull. if you're going to pick a font... That's the like the shittiest one you can find. James to put Cameron in. really leaned into it. Well, they but they they also made sort of a derivation of it, right? Like it's a smoothed out, yeah. Like like classic papyrus font has little divots in it that are I guess are supposed to look like the like the scroll yeah. breaking apart or something. Syrup on shit don't make it a pancake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you write that one no. down last night? And you're like, I can't wait. I'm going to find a way no, to work this in there. That's one of my favorite sayings, actually. Oh. I love it. Uh, I want to throw something out. So whoever is designing billboards in the Fargo-Moorhead, West Fargo area is doing an awful job these days. The, especially with the, the advent of digital billboards, a digital billboard is a completely different monster than a regular billboard. Way, yeah. I am finding them incredibly difficult to read until you're a car length away from them. I find the message to get lost in a lot of these. You know, you take like when Budweiser had, they had a neon-based sign. Yeah. That was along the interstate. It was just their logo. Yep. It's an iconic logo. They don't need to add a website to it. They don't need to, you know, turn off here and get yourself a beer. It's ridiculous. It was $2 just off Thursdays. Boom. Right. Yeah. Um, and here we are talking about it. And here we it's are effective. talking about it. It's simple. Because it's effective. Yeah. Yeah. And simple. I remember it. I don't even think it's up anymore, but I do remember it. was on it. like uh, I-29 right north of 94, yeah. right? Yep. yep. The I other effective use of billboard space lately is the interstate billboards are at a slight angle, so mm -hmm. they make kind of a pie shape. Mm -hmm. And Newman chose to sell the where the where they would spread apart. There's a little gap that faces 17th yeah. Avenue. It's a picture of one of those uh, raccoon pandas from the zoo, and it just says zoo. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah, you got you, like I looked at it because it's a cute animal. Zoo. I'm gonna go to the zoo. Yep. Now, if you were in a city with multiple zoos, that might be a little more difficult. Right. But we're a one zoo town, well, so it's okay. Graphic designers learn pretty early on too that the customer is not always right. Oh, in God. fact, rarely are they right. Rarely. But rarely. at the end of the day, you 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 probably have to do what they want. You gotta hear them out at least. Do your best to convince them otherwise. But yeah. Did you find, like have you done some billboard design? Uh it's been a while actually. It's um, been a while. <laughs> Um, it's probably, I'm trying to think of the last one I even did. I mean, is it difficult because every businesses no longer are just the name of the business. They're the name, the phone number, Everything, the Twitter handle, yeah. the website, and they want to include all this information. They don't understand that every pixel you use up with that information is taking away from the design. Absolutely. Aesthetic. Absolutely. Keep and that's, it simple. And it's tough because you get a good brand going and you don't need that stuff. People will find you as mm -hmm. long as you don't have some weird Twitter handle. You know, if the name of your business is, you know, uh, Tucker's Dance Shoes, and your Twitter handle is something weird like that. Twinkle Toes. God, yeah, Tucker's that, Dance Shoes. God. Oh man, I'm more likely to become an MMA fighter than to become a dancer, and that is not likely either. It's true. Too many cheesesteaks. Well, and you, it's in your genes, and you've fought against it for so many years. Yeah, I just don't dance. know if it really is. <laughs> 
<laughs> I bet it is. Well, let's unearth something in you. Let's awaken something deep down inside of you. Yeah, you it's know. it's it's impossible for me to dance like no one is watching because everyone is. Right. Do, do you guys know what tinickling is? No. no. So it's a type of dance where you use it's four four people are maneuvering these bamboo shoots. Oh yeah, they're yeah, long yeah, yeah. bamboo oh, yeah. shoots, smashing yep. them together. You're, you're smashing them together, and like so, it's you're dancing and you're kind of like dancing in and out of these bamboo shoots. So it's like clack clack clap together, clack clack clap together. Kind of not hurt. And yeah, and if you get clacked together, it hurts. Bang. Like you can break your ankle. I li- so I was the only guy in my senior year who took dance as a gym credit, which was so <laughs> Good smart. That was smart. Just yeah, a bunch of women. That's with you. awesome. Yeah. So like Innovator. America's Next Top Model, Carrie English and I spent three weeks ballroom dancing together. <laughs> so you know, take that world. Yeah. Um, but tinickling was one of the things we learned, and they didn't have bamboo because we were Fargo Public School, so we had PVC piping <laughs> instead, which has a little bit more like womp in it. But I like to bring up the fact that I know what tinickling dancing is when I have an opportunity. It only took us what like ninety eight episodes to like be just able to about, drop that in there. Just about tinickling. Tinickling. How do you spell that? I imagine like tickle and nickel together. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So hopefully later on you don't have a beard and you go like, what was he talking about? Tickle nickeling. Nickel tickles. Yeah. Nipple tickles. You guys have you guys checked out that nipple tickle dance? Say that to Shannon and just see if she's like, oh yeah, I know what that is. What did you talk about on the podcast today, honey? Huh? Nipple tickling. Nipple tickling. Tickle the nips. Bamboo something. I don't know. So what's something you'd like to design that you haven't had a client walk in and say, gosh, you know, like we're doing a hot air balloon for a festival or something along those lines. Do you have a dream? No, I don't think it's so much like a product or an actual thing. It's just more or less um, allowing me to work with you to do my job. Like the process, like a good process is what I really, really like doing. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, like every time I've worked with you or pretty much any other graphic designer, I mean, when I pick a graphic designer I, I want to hire or work with, you know, I'm picking them for what they're going to do to it. Not necessarily, I need you to do this specific thing. I might have an idea in mind or a goal I need to mm-hmm. achieve, but I like finding someone that I go, all right, do your thing. Yep. And I'll let you know if, if something's like super crossing a boundary. Right. I think I had one note about the JJ Meets World logo, which was just like a font size change or something, something super simple like that. Right. Because I like being surprised and I like just kind of trust falling back into an artist and going, yeah, what they give me is what we're going to use. And that happened also with our theme song with Scotch. Mm-hmm. You you said, hey, Scotch, will you make us a theme song? Sure. And then he just made one and we're like, let's see what he does. We, we We knew what the tone was, was like, it's JJ's personality. So Think of JJ's personality. It's a little which, bombastic. Which you did too, you know, which you did a great job. I never would have thought to say, hey, could you please make a microphone with JJ's head as the microphone? And you were able to distill JJ's face down to some very simple shapes. Yeah, it was perfect. I, actually, I had like your picture from Facebook like on the screen and I was taking some elements off of it and putting it on there and just making sure. And you're like, yep, there it, was, it is. Like, you it look at process. it, you know, that's JJ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> When I tell people about the logo that I like the most is I like that you added the hands on the side. So it's very Evita-esque. Mm-hmm. So I was just in the Twin Cities and I was at a movie theater that has these giant murals. And one of the murals is uh, of the Evita where she's standing in front of like the poster of herself with the microphone. And I'm like, ah, damn. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> and I wish that I had it. We're working on some JJ Meets World merch right now. Nice. Um, but I wish I had a t-shirt so I could be standing next to Madonna and being like, who wore it better? <laughs> Probably me. I think we know who did. Yeah, um, right? Yeah. So 
so is there a brand that's out there in the world right now? Let, let's say like a national brand. And obviously they're doing what, probably doing well because they are a national brand. But if there's someone out there that you go, man, I really think they could really use a, a refresh on this brand right now. Is there one out there that you'd be chomping at the bit? Nationally. I mean, just um, from your own personal aesthetic God, sense. I would say locally is a better question. There's so many shit logos in this town. So I actually had this idea that I was, I've, I've had it for a couple years and every year I keep on meaning to put into action and I haven't yet. And it was going to happen around, um, well, now with March Madness, except I was going to call it March Badness. And I was going to have people who think they have a really shitty logo in town submit their logo into the contest. And I'd set up a bracket and mm -hmm. the people can vote that on which brilliant. one they think is mm -hmm. the shittiest. And then the shittiest wins a free logo. That is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Adam. I just you absolutely need to do that. I haven't had the time to do it yet, but I keep on talking about it every year. Oh my God. That's brilliant. Yeah. You need to do that for sure. Because there are Maybe a lot year. of those crud <laughs> logos out there. Yeah. And here's the thing. Get, if you have a logo, let's say a business has been around for 15 years and they've had they have this logo, it's they're very gun shy about changing any element of it mm -hmm. because they think, well, gosh, what people won't know that it's us. And truth be told, there have been many times that a business in this town has rebranded and people have wiped them off the map oh, because yeah. they they're like, Well, that's not Mom's kitchen is not this woman with a rolling pin. That's not mom. So this must be different. I don't like change. <laughs> All right, well, yep. This is going to bring yep. up the big elephant in the room: North Dakota tourism. Oh God, Jesus, criminy! You like? Are you oh. going to enter that contest? No, I wouldn't touch that one <laughs> at all. It's it's. It, I mean, there are so many eyes on that right now. You could make the most beautiful logo in the entire world. The absolute thing that they need, you could give it to them, and it was just—it's going to get shit on. It's just ready to get shit on across the state. But it's—it would be really hard to do worse than what they have. I mean, Very, when yeah. it came out, you and I both made our own memes about the yep. sign. Yours was fucking brilliant because it was a South Dakota one that said "I'm with stupid," <laughs> pointing upwards. <laughs> I just recreated the logo with papyrus font, Comic Sans, and then I drew part of it in hand in like MS Paint. <laughs> yep. Um, Oh, he's good. He's good. You guys can laugh all you want in the back. Yeah, we yeah. actually have some. We got some guests people in the hanging out with us today. in the background, and uh, so if you hear them chuckling, that's that's all that. That's what that is. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing that really infuriates me about that logo more than the fact that it's bad. It really rubs me raw that a state. So the tourism of any state is about bringing money into the state and keeping money in the state. Mm -hmm. So why in the hell would you spend just under $10,000, like $50 less than $10,000, so that you don't have to report it, so that you can hire your friend who is a Minnesota graphic designer to just come up with something for you? Air quotes. Air quotes around graphic design, design yeah. right? Why would you not... Yeah, zero right. credit, zero hours. credit yep. hours in graphic design. Yep. Right. Yep. So like so why why would you not just just look in downtown Fargo and be like, oh, there's some good logos down here. Oh. But there's some good graphic designers around town that are North Dakota based. Oh, I know a handful across the state. I mean, there's there's guys out in Bismarck and there's I mean Grand Forks designers that could have easily, easily made something <laughs> even if it was slightly more effective than the crap that they put out, I mean, they're still winning. So have you participated in like an RFP before a request for proposal? Not on my own. No. Um, back when I was in the agencies, helped out a little bit with them. Not I, my jam. Here's here's my issue. I think with the North Dakota Tourism Board, we are we have trouble identifying what our state is to other people outside the state. 
So at times you'll see Josh Dumel fishing and pulling up a giant catfish. At times, that's all we see. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. Or well, you Josh know, Josh Dumel in a teepee. It's like, yeah, because we, yeah. we have right. those. The, but, Fargo, the Fargo Theater Marquee. So, right. and, and that's the thing, right? So even if, when you look at the campaign that uh, my not native Josh Dumel is in, it they don't they they don't know. They're like, well, are we advertising for the Minnesota? What is Minnesota to you? What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think Minnesota? Outdoors. Yep, exactly. Right. <clears throat> lakes. Yep. lakes yep. So it's the land of ten thousand lakes. So you know it's going to be camping. It's going to be fishing. It's going to be great times outside. They don't even touch on the fact of like, hey, come to Minneapolis. They're like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're going for here. Right. North Dakota has that identity problem where we're constantly thinking of like, okay, well, what are we? Are we? Cowboys, because that's the way we're selling, you know, the state to some people. Want to go it, to Canada, but you don't got a passport? <laughs> well, right. North Dakota's pretty close. Close uh, enough. You know, we, anytime we try and sell, like, come to, to us for fishing, I'm like, we're right next to Minnesota. Yeah. Let They're going to do it better than we do anytime. And even the second person on the list is going to be Wisconsin. So don't, don't bother North Dakota. Let that be something that's fun that's happening. If you were going to go for maybe, like, the hunting aesthetic... That I can see a little bit more, but you're talking about a niche group that you're trying to get to. And then when they're trying to be like, oh, come to the metro part of, you know, come to the urban areas of North Dakota. (laughs) And then somebody comes here and they go, well, I guess that was an exciting 10 minute drive (laughs) through what is the bulk of Fargo, North Dakota. Only three hours away from Minneapolis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, JJ, let's let's say Governor Doug Burgum Mm -hmm. calls you up. And he's like, JJ, I'm a big fan of you. I've been following you for a long time. I assume he does. I listen to your podcast <laughs> every day. I usually listen to it a couple times a day because it's what gets me through the soul-sucking world of politics that I have openly chosen to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this big uh, logo fiasco is the biggest blight on my administration right now. I was listening to your podcast the other day, and you really sound like you had some great ideas. <laughs> and so what I'm going to do um, is before making you my lieutenant governor, which is what you really should be, I would like you to mm-hmm. revamp our tourism. And and you're, I'm giving you complete control, 100%. Um, I was going to have my son do it, but he's busy. He's trying to do he's some- He's dressed as a carrot right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's dressed uh-huh. as a carrot. He's getting people to go to the Red River Market. He's racing up a bicycle, I guess. Because <laughs> uh-huh. um, even though he has five cars, you know we're pretty well off, so he can get anywhere he wants to. But he's got he this bicycle. He gets to make choices. He makes his That's own exciting. choices. You know, I think he'll. He, he's, I'm excited to see who he who he becomes when he grows up. I start off by going like, "Listen, DB." <laughs> Can I call you DB? Yeah, so please, okay. please do. DB, listen. My friends call me Dougie Fresh, but you can call me DB. Yeah. I was uh, – sorry, no. It's like, listen, first and foremost, I think the, the most important thing that North Dakota can do to pitch itself to other places around the globe as a vacation destination is to talk about cost, cost, cost. You can come here and spend an entire week for half of what you would spend at some of the other Big name, you know, like going to Wyoming, those lodges cost a lot of money to stay in. Whereas you can stay in Fargo for a tenth of the price of downtown Chicago. So why don't we just really lean into the fact that we are a budget friendly place to visit? It's a good angle. I like right? it. And because here's the thing. What else do we have to offer that's truly unique? South Dakota has done 10 times more with their tourism 
Thank you, Mount Rushmore. But then even beyond that, they've done a great job with the, whether it's history or coming to experience, you know, the prairie. Uh, so why are we fight? Why are we fighting for that same dollar there? Let's talk about the person who's budget conscious and says, gosh, I can stay at the trendiest hotel in North Dakota, the Hodo, for what, like ninety two dollars a night? Right. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Hell of and a deal. so there are so many families out there who want a vacation but need to vacation on a dollar every hotel has a water slide now your kids are not going to care if it's if they're in the wisconsin dells or at the holiday inn on 13th avenue in fargo right come here where it's very reasonable to be and start with that also and this is a big one let's not advertise our state using people who chose to get the hell out of <laughs> yeah, here no kidding i mean right. right it doesn't make sense to me it does not. It does, and I understand you want a big you want a big name, but if that's the case, let's get a, a CGI Lawrence Welk to be thank you, thank you, right. come to North Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be way cheaper. I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. Um, and then come up to Dakota territory. <laughs> yep. And then I would say the other thing too is you need to get a van full of nine people together. Three of them should be from outside the state. And the other people should be people inside the state. And you need to drive around the entire state of North Dakota and you say, like, okay, what are the things that set us apart? What are the unique aspects? And go from there. Um, for example, the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center is awesome, but it's awesome for 45 minutes. Right. That is not something that's going to get someone to come from Washington State to spend time in Washburn, North Dakota. So if that's a piece of the puzzle, what is the rest of it going to look like so that you say, gosh, come and visit Minot. And within an hour's drive of Minot, we have all of this stuff that's going on that's amazing. Because um, you're not going to want to stay in Minot for right, very long. You don't. You do not. <laughs> no. um, I also think that we should be the state that has the most festivals. It's super easy. Hmm. Each small town can pull their own weight. When you look at the number of people who go to Barnesville for potato days, right? it is a huge influx of people. Um, I'm trying to start a rhubarb festival Ooh. in North Dakota because it's uh, <laughs> you know it's a it's a vegetable in our neck of the woods that people either love or hate, but the people who love it are willing to go the mile, and it's such a part of our heritage up Absolutely. here. Absolutely, rhubarb pie and rhubarb coogan. A lot of people named Barb. A lot of Barb. A lot of Barb. Barbs. So to me, what if what if every single weekend in North Dakota? there was a small town festival going on that honored something. So you literally, it doesn't matter what weekend you visit from Memorial Day to Labor Day, somewhere in North Dakota, there is an awesome like weekend that. where 5,000 people are streaming into a town. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Well, thanks, DB. Yeah. Yeah. Which is definitely better than my idea of just turning it into Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> You, know, you want to kill a guy? North Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> Where human hunting is yeah. legal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing I'm surprised North Dakota never got into, and I don't know if it was a question for a game of fish, but at one point in the 80s, there were a couple of ranchers who were having a tough time because the, the meat industry wasn't really keeping up pace with what the cost was. And so their thought was they were going to import exotic animals mm -hmm breed them and then allow hunting on their property oh of these exotic animals. Yeah. So like you'd bring in big horn rams and then, you know, wow. it's let's say three hundred acres uh in this rocky, craggy territory. And so you'd come in and you'd get a chance to hunt a big horn ram, which I think is 
we've got the space for it in this state, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So let's just make it turn happen. it into a murder ground, <laughs> <laughs> exotic murder ground. Um, Come to North Dakota where the blood flows free. <laughs> um, so, uh, so graphic design is one of like like most media based uh, industries gets disrupted by technology, um, gets commodified very quickly. And so you're now competing with things like Fiverr, right? Or these these online websites that make it really easy for a client to go out there and try to find something, mm-hmm. but really dilute or make it difficult for graphic designers to gain a foothold. Now, someone like me understands that the ability to hire a professional to work with them to get something made is something that I would much rather do. Mm-hmm. Um, but so how does... How does that sort of affect your livelihood? How has that affected the graphic design um, landscape? It personally not too terribly much. I think I'm I'm lucky enough to have enough years under my belt to where I can actually educate people who want to be my client to why this is more of a value than you know you're going to spend a lot more money to go with me than going to Fiverr, but at the same time you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. Do you ever go to Fiverr just for fun and be like, I'm I go spend there five bucks I've, just to see what's going to happen? I've actually gone there and made like I've probably spent twenty five bucks on Fiverr just making like like I'll be like, oh, what's this called? Oh, Adam's shitty fucking logo shop, <laughs> and then they make it for me. Like they have to do it, and then I get it, and then I send it back to them. Be like, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so you went and wasted some graphic designers' yeah. time, is what you did. Pretty much. I so pretty I, much. I have a friend who told me he had an egg business. He was starting to have chickens and he was going to sell eggs at the farmer's market and he said I need a logo and I'm like oh listen I got some great names for you like locally and he goes oh I'm going to use this Fiverr and I was like you're going to be disappointed and he's like it. he's like a five for five bucks I can live with the disappointment guess how many revisions he had on that thing 20 yep yep, yep. 20 on the dot and at 20 he said fuck it I am yeah. done it's just I it. am done and I said do you know what your time costs you because at this point, you easily could have gone to one of these local guys, had something amazing done, and yes, it's going to cost you more, but it's not going to. It's not like you're going to charge them five million dollars, right? Because that's what they think. They think, well, I'm going to save money by spending only five dollars, five Washingtons, right? Versus what a local person is going to cost. It's going to be a See, huge. And like a lot of the. I, I can't speak for everyone, but me personally, I like to be very, very value-based. So situation like that where you've got your friend who wants to just sell eggs at the farmer's market. Well, I look at him, and he's not a company who's, you know, spending a million dollars. He's just a guy selling eggs. So I'm like, well, let's make it work for you, you know? Maybe we'll do one for 500 bucks this time instead of the typical price, you know? Let's make it work for anyone based upon what you're actually selling and getting in return from said logo. Well, and also, I mean, a lot of people who... People really get excited about the idea of starting businesses, starting brands, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially in the age of social media. So everyone has their own quote unquote brand now. And and uh, I think a lot of most businesses, when they start, they get really excited about all the playing house of businesses. Mm-hmm. So let's let's make the title of the company and get the logo and we'll all work out who our what our titles are. Get some business I'm, cards. Get some business cards. <laughs> we'll have meetings at a coffee shop and then nothing happens. Um and, and a lot of people just don't think about the fact that if you're getting a logo for your business, I mean, that is something that you're going to look at every day. Your customers who like your product, they're going to look at it every day. And for a lot of people, that will be the first impression that is made on them. That's exactly it. First about impression. About your business. Yep. People often think of 
logos as just this, oh, well, I need one, so I just got to go get one. But right. it's not super important. So I'll just pay five bucks to get one. So I've got one to throw out there. Right. But it actually goes way deeper than that. Can you talk about that a bit? Well, I think just it's the people who value the actual creative process and the branding aspect of the business um, and the ones who want to invest in it, you're going to see those ones going to be successful. Um, I would say more times than not than the people who are just like, get the Fiverr logo and go out there. Because if you don't care about the brand, you probably don't care about the business that much. Right. It's kind of the way I see it. There's a... Excuse me. <coughs> We're all coughing, but Adam was smart enough to bring a cough drop. Right, and I don't want to be clicking on it. <laughs> and in it's the microphone. A weird. It's, it's unwrapped. You brought you brought a loose cough drop. Well, I didn't want to make the noise with the wrapper either. Oh, that's so I'm just, good, I'm work. good for you. Listen, I sniff into this thing all the time. Okay, and don't remove good, it. Good. Um, and Tucker's I coughed, supposed be- to go by and back and sweeten all these episodes, but I don't think he actually does. <laughs> it. We structured it so I didn't have to do that. Um, that's why we put out two episodes every week, JJ. I've really got the fiver of producers over here. <laughs> I've got the three bird hosts. Yeah. <laughs> He's not even worth five. Yeah, you get what you pay for. So uh, Gremlins to the new batch. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh-huh. I actually completely forgot what I was going to say. Now. <laughs> it was going to be something good. Here's something, I'm, here's something I'm curious about. Do you Have you ever had an instance where a client's revisions make you think, you know what, I don't, I don't really want my name to be associated with this there's been, product there's been a few yeah um and a lot of the times like specifically with my portfolio um those are the golden boys those are the ones that i feel really happy about those are the ones that let me go in and do my thing work with you to get to where i want to be and show the process of this is ultimately what we can get i don't put everything that i've ever done up on my portfolio because if it's not something that i really really want to be doing ultimately i don't want to sell it to you you know i'll do it don't get me wrong i'm here to help and it's the end of the day, it's your business, but you know, not all of them are going to make the cut. Does it make you like, so as a, as I guess I'm going to call it a small business because technically according to the U S government, right. If you have less than a hundred employees, you're a small business, right? But they should have more denotions. It should be a teeny business, a miniature business, micro business, a, a wee business, <laughs> a wee business. <laughs> um, but as a small business owner, uh, you ever get scared? Um, yeah. I, I mean, mean, you've, been very fortunate and very lucky because you're that incredibly talented but do you ever get do you, i mean does it ever, did it ever sink in sometimes of like yeah god if my one employee doesn't really yeah. pull something out of his hat i'm absolutely screwed. absolutely mm-hmm. um luckily not terribly amount or not terribly much but yeah there's there's definitely nice you lay in bed and you're like god damn i hope they pay that bill here pretty quick have you had fun doing your taxes oh god i hate it so bad are you it's terrible uh, are it's you terrible. an LLC, a sole proprietorship? Sole prop. Okay. So the government really wants its chunk. Oh, my God. Right? Ton. And even more so in Minnesota because I'm a Moorhead resident. Oh, so man. It's like, oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh. Unless yeah. you own Lakes property. I don't understand. I guess we can't hire you to do the North Dakota logo. No. Damn. Actually, no, they, they, they all they the, the more reason. Yeah. yeah. All the reason. from Minnesota. <laughs> Polly, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying because I we just talked to Dougie Fresh. He just called in and said that <laughs> he wants to do a North Dakota based Listening live, huh? designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's probably looking for someone in Canada. <laughs> probably wants to you working know, for Toonies. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Trade some of that sweet, sweet U.S. dollar. Um, At this point, just have Josh do it. He just really <laughs> needs. <laughs> yeah. you know, Josh, he's on everything you, else. We're already paying you. Yeah, that's uh, the tagline. Josh <laughs> made this logo. It's <laughs> great. Um, I tweeted at him, and he never tweeted back, which bothers really? me. Yeah, 
my my improv group bought out a screening of Love Simon last year, which was awesome, and we're gonna do it again this year. But he's in the movie, and I'm like, there's a story about Neil Patrick Harris buying out a screening and Kristen Bell, and I'm like, maybe he'll latch on to the fact that in his own home state, someone's buying out a screening. No, nope. nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. He, uh, what a jerk! <laughs> he peed next to me at the Hodo one time. That's what? yeah. Was he using a urinal? He was using a urinal, as How big was is I. He? Do you see him? Do you look? No, they've the... got that divider. I would have on your one chance to see what. <laughs> and, you know what? You know what's funny is I had to think about that, and I'm like, well, I think he's like six one, but you're referring to something uncouth, uncouth. Uh, also, yeah, I mean, you're standing there, six six two. I don't know. Now, whenever whenever we have a guest who comes in, and Tucker's like, they say I have to use the bathroom. I'll show you. They're like, Tucker, you stay here. You stay here for for what's going to happen. Listen, if I'm next to a big celebrity, I might try to take a glance. Maybe. Why not? Just why not? Well, you, when are you going to get a chance to do that again? It's like you and Fergie. That's if all Brad ever Pitt seen is it. peeing next to me, I'm be like, yeah. if who? Brad Pitt, anyone, like oh, some yeah. big celebrity. Just be I like, thought you said Brad Garrett, and I was like... Brad Garrett, oh, absolutely. If Brad Garrett was... In, although Brad Garrett probably like, hey, you want to see this? Yeah. He'd probably just show it to me if so I asked pres- him. I love how uh, Brad, Brad Garrett, the Brad Garrett impression, is like, oh, I'll be to make my voice here. My brother's Ray. Uh, and then when you anyone does a Ray Romano, they just kind of pinch the top of their nose and like, hey, it's me, Ray Romano. Did anyone in that show have a decent impression of them? I mean, like, I guess Peter Boyle. Yeah. It's hard to do, like, a really awful right. Peter Boyle impression. Right. So sole proprietorship, that's interesting. <sighs> yeah. it is. So my business for a long time was a sole proprietorship. And do you do your own taxes, or do you bring them to a professional? I did for the first year and then said, screw this, and then go to a professional. Yeah, me since too. Since then, yeah. So what's interesting is you live, you work in a field, any of the creative fields, when you're doing taxes in a creative field, you need to get creative with the taxes. Oh, yeah. Because there's things Write that it off. You should be, yeah, right, be able to write it off. So I'm going to write this off somehow. I remember going and being like, okay, let's be honest. So if I'm doing a post-prom in... Uh, Langdon, North Dakota, and one of the kids yells out, Two Chains. The only reason I know about Two Chains is because I have a Spotify account that I pay monthly for. <laughs> is this a tax write off for me in research? <laughs> and sure. yeah, sure. Right? why not? Yep. And so then it's like, so ipso facto, my Netflix <laughs> <laughs> keeps me up to date on references to the show. <laughs> The office. <laughs> Can I continue to use this as well? Hey, and JJ, this is uh, Governor Dougie Fresh calling you back up again. Um, I've got an IRS agent here with me that's been listening to the podcast uh-huh. with me, and I was wondering if you could answer some questions she has State for you. State or federal? Uh, both. She does both. She's, she's Under both. the Trump administration, they've really Doug, relaxed Doug, how things work. Doug, you're being lied to. That is a scam artist. <laughs> because, first of all, I can tell you this. The IRS will never contact you by phone. It's only by letter. Yeah. That's their number one there policy. You go. No, trust me, Dinesh, he's, he's, uh, he said that uh, it's all above you board. Were calling, you were calling Dinesh a she earlier, and now... <laughs> Dinesh is a she. <laughs> well, you just said he. Doug, are you... If you're in trouble, Doug, say water fountain. <laughs> Water fountain. <laughs> um, I've only ever seen a chocolate fountain in my house. Uh, I assume that if you're a billionaire, that you're you have chocolate in the pipes. Constantly. That's how you eat everything. Constantly. If you're a billionaire, you've got a ranch dressing fountain, you've yep. got a chocolate Ooh. fountain, you've got a Gatorade lemon lime and orange fountain. Yep. 
Everything is you're just putting goblets. Only under buttermilk things. ranch in these pipes. Why oh, don't yeah. they do the ranch fountain at weddings and such? I wonder. Oh, oh, especially up in this. Have you? Yeah. Oh, really? I've never seen. So that. I've never seen. The one. problem is, is that to get ranch dressing to go through one of the fountain situations that they have because they don't make a special one that has extra large tubing right. for for that amount of I guess or the lack of viscosity. They have to water down the ranch so much that they almost needn't have bothered. Because also with the chocolate fountain, you have to heat the chocolate, right? So that it's it's constantly heating the chocolate so it stays in a in a liquid form. You don't want to heat your ranch. You want a hot ranch. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can choose to keep the heating element off. Of the chocolate fountain. No, I know, but, but if, if, if the heat is what is making it more viscous, you don't want to heat the ranch to make it more viscous. So you've got to, what you're saying is put water right, in yeah, it, which you also it. don't want to do. I'm Liquify. kind of a runny ranch guy, to be honest. Hey, high fives across the table. Bam. <laughs> I like my, I, when I dip it in, I want all of that to come out. I don't want my wing to leave an indentation yeah, in the ranch. Same. I'm a runny ranch guy. Good. Your favorite ranch in Fargo Moorhead. Favorite ranch. Now, I've had actually administered several contests. Side Street's got good ranch. They do have good ranch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Side Street's got, got good my ranch. Favorite, I can tell you who's got the worst blue cheese. Oh, who? Tailgaters. Really? Ate it. Because I'm going to tell you something. I love Tailgaters Ranch. Really? I re- oh, it's I so good. It. Feels like if you've got a good ranch, your your blue cheese is going to suffer more it's than lack. likely. Yeah. More than likely. It's hard to concentrate on both. Right. It really, really is. It's one or the other. Hodo's got amazing ranch. I think they make it themselves. But they don't even call it ranch, though. They do that like hoity-toity thing where they're like, it's a house-made uh, blah, 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 blah. You're like, just bring me some ranch. Bring me some ranch dressing. All right. Uh, do you know anyone who says cats up? No, thank God. Yeah, if you go, get out of this town yeah, if you call no it. If you go to the, the that food nonsense pride here. in Hillsborough and you read the the signs that tell you what's in every aisle, one of them says cats up. Cats and up. I remember thinking, like, did my grandmothers do the <laughs> logo design and signage for the store? <laughs> because for her, the name Food Pride is easy because it tells you you've got pride in your food. Right. The name of the business tells you everything you need to know about it. There's food in here, and there's pride. Uh, and then you go and you find the aisles, and the aisles are labeled things like this, cats up, Diapers, pencils. Hmm. Now, they don't mention the fact that there's also canned tomatoes and things like that. But if you're looking for those, you're going to find those eventually because there's enough choice. If you're looking for pencils, well, hell, we only have two of them. So we better direct people to this aisle for pencils. And I don't know if they ever, I don't know if ranch on a brat would work. I can't say I've ever done it. You know what works on a brat? He's going to strongly disagree with me on this, but mayo and mustard at the same time. On a brat? I can't say I've ever done that either. Phenomenal. I'm getting a yeah. thumbs up from one of our audience mayo members, too, together. saying yes. See, I'm, a, I'm a mayo and ketchup guy. Also good. Yeah. Also good. Yeah. But I'm Never surprised done with the mustard, how though. well mayo and mustard go together on a brat. Well, I'm something a, to look forward to. Those are oh, his yeah. worst two condiments Yeah, I ever. do not like either. mayo or mustard. Oh. And I don't like Miracle Whip either, so just shove that question right oh. back <laughs> into your gullet. Moving on. <laughs> I will say this. The idea of hot mayonnaise is doubly bad, and so when you're putting it on a bratwurst, I think that that sounds extra disgusting. My mother has a recipe for something called onion goop that's like three parts mayonnaise, one part mustard, and then... Not chopped onions, but sliced onions, so they're kind of long. Sounds delicious. You put it on ham sandwiches. Like when yeah. you get a picnic ham, like huh. it's, so. Every time my dad would grill a ham, my mom would make onion goop for the next day, and it gets better if it sits overnight. That recipe dies with me. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent, it dies with me because I don't want to subject the world to this 
I'm gonna as look life her goes on. I'm gonna look you, her up. You, you I did, gotta get this. You did just give us a rough breakdown of how to make right. it on this but podcast. Listen, you you go one way or the other too heavily. No. Does Christy like it? Oh, uh, I think she does, but she's not the the real chef in but the But she's family. had it before. She's had it before. Yeah. She knows how it tasted. Yeah. So if, and, I, and if, I, this, if so, I whipped up a few batches and said, Chrissy, which of these tastes the closest? She wouldn't be able to identify it by taste. She It's it's a color. Okay. So you have to know, like, is this the right color? If it's not, you maybe add a little more mustard. But like, just oh, yellow mustard? Two, like the Plockmans. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It would just be like an off-white, right? Then after that, if it's mostly mayo with a little mustard and then onions. it. I mean, it gets the Plockmans, there's enough yellow dye in there that it really, I mean, it gives it, it should be uh, like John Deere yellow. Sure. It should be do- John Deere yellow. It shouldn't be pastel, pos, egg dyeing kit yellow. <laughs> If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, actually, that was, that was spot on. <laughs> you, I, I definitely use a, a white onion because it should be almost, it, you shouldn't add another color in mm. there. Mm. It's going to die with me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm intrigued. I'm going to go home uh, and start experimenting, actually. So, Bratstand Barons, congratulations yep. on the logo. When does the Thank book come you. out? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Did you get a free copy? Since you're in no, I still got to buy one. What? Oh, what kind of shit is that? 2019 sometime? <laughs> Uh, yes, 2019 okay. sometime. I would assume here in the next couple of months. When awesome. we get a copy, will you come autograph it for Absolutely. us? Absolutely. Okay. I would love to. Also, now now that it's it's now March as of the time of this recording, which means we're getting closer to Brat season. Yep. So I, there hasn't been much activity on Brat Stand Barons because there are no Brat Stands in town right now. And every once in a while, one of us posts some sausage-related thing. Um, but uh, that's going to start ramping up here pretty soon. So Quick. if you've never joined Brat Stand Barons, check us out on Facebook. You'll notice the beautiful logo design by Adam here. And please uh, uh, just keep it to sausage and brat stand related topics. If you're <laughs> yeah. talking about pizza, I'm going to ban you. These guys don't even want to hear about breakfast sausage. Oh, no, no. If it's a sausage, it's fine. So, like, sausage, so you sausage consider like a sausage, like a breakfast sausage, like a Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage, you consider that part of the brat stand baron empire? Especially because you need to be able to talk about sausages in the off season. So think of George Ellis and his computer baseball league. That's mm. how they handle baseball so in the offseason. So what about a sausage patty? I mean, the, ooh. I, I, oh. ooh, 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 that's different. Mm, I hit a nerve. I think that. it like should be. Den- like a dentist with only one good eye. Here's, here, here's, here's what I say. Here's actually how I run that community. Is I actually don't really run it. I'm the sole admin. Um, both Adam and Carrie have edit access because I, they were both. I didn't even know I had that. You have it because they were both the first. They were both the official first two charter members of the of the organization. I'm the only admin, so I'm the only one who can ban. But uh, I I will let the community decide. So what I'd say is, if you want to test the boundaries of it, go ahead and post about uh, Jimmy Dean sausage patties or whatever you want. Possible onion goop. And recipes. we'll see, and we'll mm-hmm. see how the if the community decides to embrace it, I'll be all for it. But if you get pushback, I'm gonna ban you. <laughs> Straight up ban. You will not post on this page again. Done. <laughs> I mean, you gotta be stern with these kids. You do. Yeah. You do. And we're hoping this summertime, too. I want to get some of the people who actually work the Brat Stands on this podcast. I would love we that. We should bring that the podcast so awesome. to them. We should. We should hey. just do a tour of the of the Brat Stands. I like and that idea. Figure out, and we're going to bring Adam along with that, I too. Count you know, in. what I understand is if you haven't signed up for this season of Brat Stands already as a charitable organization, you're not going to get it. It's They're packed. They're full. Got it. So what does that say to me? It says there is an opportunity out there for someone to get a Brat cart that you let kids run. It's only kids, 12 and under. <laughs> and 
They get to raise money for an organization that they feel is worthy, and they've got to do all the accounting. They've got to order the materials. Well, let's tell I like this. Governor Dougie Fresh that let's just get a broad stand to raise money for a new tourism logo. You know what really sucks? In the state of North Dakota, there's still a law that says that kids can technically have um, lemonade stands. That's too really? bad. But what good is a kid if you're not going to put them to work? Minnesota just signed a bill that said, listen, le- kids' lemonade stands, ch- chill out. Everybody, just let them have it. I didn't it. know I was running an illegal lemonade stand all those years that you I was were. doing it as a kid. You didn't have the proper health permits. And when that fire truck stopped by to buy some lemonade, that they were buying illicit lemonade. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out there and be honest. There are times where I think, you know, it's going to take one jerk health inspector, and we may lose the brat stands oh. because... They, I mean, they're cooking them sometimes just on a regular grill. I don't know. Something tells me that the city commission are, are in the pocket of big brat stand. Of like, big brats? Big time. There's some big backdoor time. shit going on. Brat stands yep. are a major business in town here. And, you know, we're all for, you know, like the the Italian mafia. Yeah, they donate to charities all the time. They help get kids off drugs. But hey, then they soccer also kill coach, people. here's a TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk too out of school, but brat stands in this town you know, let's keep it friendly, but you don't want to get in their way. Mm, okay. What if somebody opens a Kugel stand? Listen, I'm just saying that there are city officials in this town that get large deliveries of kielbasa at the beginning of every I'm summer. regular. And that's just like, hey, look the other way while we're selling these brats for the soccer league or muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. Hush wieners. <laughs> Yep. Have we found the title the of this title. episode? I think that's it. Yep, yep. Adam, thank you so much. Hush Where wieners. can people find yep. you online? Let's wrap this thing up uh, right there. Uh, Weedmandesign.co. .co. .co. C-O-W-I-E-D. Are you on the Twitters or the Instagrams? I'm on the Twitters, yeah, under Adam Weedman. Instagram, Adam.Weedman. To spell Weedman. W-I-E-D. M A N because you know now that we've uh, have uh, you know medical we've marijuana in this town, right? you got to be careful because your weedman.co see, you're going to see a huge spike in the I'm number of people for. who are visiting that website these, and then disappointingly logging off two seconds later. All you these can, grade school jokes are finally coming to fruition. You can then. Absolutely, contact anyone. Be like, dude, my name is Weedman. I'm Sign Weedman. Me up. Okay, your next logo should be Weed Man. Like, Weed Man! <laughs> and it could be for a guy who either gets rid of weeds and patios or some guy who constantly forgets where he parked his car. Anything. Anything. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. A huge thanks to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty for sponsoring this podcast. Folks, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, contact Natalie Deutsch today because Natalie Deutsch is not only a previous podcast guest, she's somebody who's going to care enough to sell your property for top dollar. She's also going to find you the best price possible if you're purchasing a new home. Last year on average, Natalie earned her clients $4,000 over list price on their homes and sold them faster than the market average. On average, Natalie's selling a home every 3.74 days. That's two homes a week. Those numbers don't lie. Find out why Natalie is one of the top agents in this entire market. Get a hold of her today, Natalie at HatchRealtyFM.com. You can also call 701-388-9338 or go on to LiveFargoMoorhead.com. That's LiveFargoMoorhead.com. Read all of her amazing reviews and then listen to her episode of JJ Meets World. Thanks again to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty.
That's going to wrap it up for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode of JJ Meets World and would like to help us continue to produce two new episodes every week, you can donate to our Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash JJ Meets World and donate today. Even as little as a dollar a month can go a long way. Visit our website at www.jjmeetsworld.com or hit up our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram all the sites the kids are using these days. If you'd like to stay up to date on new episodes of JJ Meets World, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you consume the podcast that you love. JJ Meets World is produced every week by Tucker Lucas. You can find out more about Tucker's work by checking out www.moonbasemaria.com. If you want to get in touch with your host with the most, go to linebenders.com, and you can find direct contact info for JJ. You know, if this Patreon thing works out with this exclusive episode, we're going to have to think of other immature things to do, um, like hair pulling. Um, I was thinking one where we just toot into the microphones, but then the problem is no one will want to be a guest. <laughs> <laughs>